It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I am with all of you guys. I thought we were done with games like this, but the lessons the Magic need to learn and the pressure a loss like this puts on the team, we're on the countdown to the trade deadline. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don Magic, today is January 23rd, 2024. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, it was ugly. It was terrible. It was not a game at any point, really. The Orlando Magic take a huge loss for Cleveland Cavaliers. As always, what this says about the Magic, the things they have to get right, and the little time they have to prove they can do it. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. I know I made this comment during the game uh, to people around me. I will make this comment now. I really thought we were done with games like this. Um, You know, look, it's a long NBA season. You're going to get blown out. You're going to have nights where you don't have it. But it, it really felt like games like... Monday nights were gone. Like, that's just not a thing this team will do anymore. They will not be a team that just gets run out of the gym. Home or away, just gets run out of the gym. Um, And, you know, I don't want to call into question effort because I, I don't think necessarily effort was the problem. But the Magic got outworked. They got out-hustled. They just got out, you know, Look, I play 2K. I don't pay money. I get into a lot of games. I get matched up in a lot of games where I don't have a chance, where I am just searching for something that works and nothing does. And I'm just getting to the end of the game to get my get my MT, get my VC, whatever you want to call it. That's what this game was. I have played a lot of games like this, both in my playing career, in real life, as well as in 2K. And they happen. Um, I'm not good at 2K, though. I'm not ever making the playoffs in 2K. Um, the Magic are. And before we get to some of the issues and, and some of the long-standing issues that led to this result, um, many of them being the Cleveland Cavaliers are a really good team right now. Um, before we get to any of that, this kind of result is unacceptable. 
winning, you know, you want to win. You understand losses will happen. But to be thoroughly outworked like this um, is just plainly unacceptable. And again, I don't necessarily think effort was the problem. What the problem ultimately was, and this is the point I want to draw out today, the problem ultimately was the magic weren't themselves. And like, this is the part that I think we thought we graduated from, that we thought we'd put behind us. When the Magic were a tanking team, you lose games by 30 just because you don't have the talent. You don't have the ways to figure things out, to, to put yourselves in a position to compete. It happens. We've seen this team repeatedly have, not games this bad, but lose in exactly the way they lost in this one, where they get blitzed. Just a team gets hot early, beats them up, gets ahead by 16, and just kind of runs and hides. And this team doesn't have the firepower to come back. Honestly, if this were that, I would be less concerned. If this were that kind of game, where the Magic just got blitzed early, other team made shots, you played even the rest of the way, and it was just like, okay, we had a bad first quarter. I, I'd probably be sitting here like, okay, they got to figure this problem out. It's, it's a repeated problem, but it wouldn't be this bad. Instead, what happened here was the Magic never got it under control. The Magic never figured out how to defend this team properly. And they were doing a lot of the things that they usually do defensively. You know, they still forced 12 turnovers. They got 18 points off of them. There's still some things there. But they never were in control defensively. And this is what I mean by what I'm saying over here, controlling the controllables. You know, the Magic defensively, not that they're okay giving up threes, but their main objective is to protect the paint. And so the fact Cleveland got and made threes, honestly, yes, it's a thing that needs to be corrected and a thing that needs to be fixed, but that's not the part that concerns me. Like, I'm not sitting here going nuts or crazy over the magic giving up 20 for 38 shooting from three. Cleveland made threes. Was I upset that they got so many open threes? Yes, absolutely. You know, a lot of it came from Donovan Mitchell getting downhill, getting past Jalen Suggs, getting into the paint, forcing the low man to come up, dishing it to the corner to Sam Merrill or Max Struess or whoever it was, and, and they got an open three. That's kind of how you crack this Magic defense. The Magic just worked sharp at the point of attack. Um, someone said, you know, Donovan Mitchell sure is making Jalen Suggs look silly, and, and he did to some extent. Don Mitchell still only made nine of 19 shots. You know, he had 25 points in the game. He had a really good game, 13 assists. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you Jalen Suggs was excellent. He was not. Um, no one was. We'll get to the box score here in a bit. Um, but this is what I mean by controlling the controllables. Whether the Cleveland makes, makes or misses shots, you do your best to affect it, but that's going to be on them. What I mean by controlling the controllables is the Magic just let Cleveland pile on them. And yeah, some of this goes together. Bad defense leads to bad offense. Bad offense leads to bad defense. But here's the thing. The Magic turned the ball over seven times in the first quarter. They lose the first quarter 38-19. to 19. Game's over before the, before the end of the first quarter. The Magic turned the ball over seven times. Seven of their 15 turnovers in that first quarter, they gave up 22 points off those turnovers. Turnovers have been an issue all year. 
The Magic are 26th in the league, I believe, in turnover rate this year. Um, it has been a major, major problem um, for the season for the team all season. And it's hugging there at like they're at 14 14.8% entering this game. They struggled with turnovers again. Huge factor in this game at the end of the day, even if even if it lightened up as the game went on. The Magic continue to miss free throws. We know that one of the ways the Magic make up the three-point deficit, you know, Magic lost by 27. There's a nine three-point difference. It's easy to say, oh, just make more threes and it's fine. No, that's not this team. Now, you don't want to give up 23-pointers. That's the odd part, but the Magic make up for their lack of three-point shooting in two ways. They get to the foul line 30 times a game, which is more than their opponents. And look, they did that again here. 33 throw attempts to 22 free throw attempts. They did that part of the job. But they have to take advantage of that. They have to take advantage of their, their free throw shooting. And here the Magic shot 20 for 30 from the foul line for the game. In the first half, they had 17 free throws. They were 10 for 17 from the foul line in the first half. You're not even giving, you know, when you're down, when you're trying to make up ground, Every single one of those free throw misses feels big. And in the game, you lose by, you know, you lose by 27. So 10 free throws alone isn't going to get you back in the game. But making free throws at the right moment, that does change things. And then you get to the final way the Magic make up ground for their, for their lack of three-point shooting, and that's points in the paint. For the season, the Magic are still uh, eighth in the league, averaging 52.9 points in the paint per game. It's pretty good. You, you, they usually want to be up around 55, but we'll take that. In their last 10 games, that's since January 3rd when Franz Wagner went out, they've dropped to 42.8 per, per game. Orlando lost the paint in this game 40-34. to 34. To say the least, 34 points in the paint is not anywhere close to 50. This Magic team needs to be up around 55 points in the paint per game to have any chance. Around 30 free throws per game, you know, usually in that 25, 26, 20, 25 to 30 range in free throw attempts, 50 points in the paint. That's the formula for winning. And really from the very start of this game, Jared Allen spooked this team in the same way Rudy Gobert spooked the team uh, in the blowout loss to Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Jared Allen spooked the team. And that killed any offensive flow that they had. In fact, that was something Paolo Bancaro said after the game. And I want to say this quote directly. Quote, we have to find more consistency. When we do start off rough, what can we lean on? As a team, we think it's our defense. It's been our defense. But when a team is shooting like that, you have to be able to find it on the other end. Just working through it and trying to find consistency on both ends. I think offensively, we get loose at times and don't really have a plan. Hopefully, we can change it unquote. To me, that says a lot. Look, offense and defense are linked. As much as we want to say this Magic team is a defensive team, so many of the problems in this game came from turnovers, from missed shots that led to fast breaks and runouts and unbalanced defensive floors. Uh, defense, uh, defensive floors. When the Magic are able to get their defense set, they are really, really tough to beat. Like, really tough to beat. But too often, their offense undercuts their defense. And then because they're not able to get out, out steals, get out in transition, their defense undercuts the offense. If there has ever been a bigger call or a more public call for what this team has to figure out, you know, as they continue to develop, it's that. They need to be more dynamic on offense. They need to be able to count on their offense to carry them 
when their defense has nights like this. Def- nights like this are rare. Like, I, honestly, like, I'm not concerned about the loss. Cleveland's playing very, very well. Hit the magic on a bad night. It happens. What I am concerned with is that this kind of stuff happens a lot. Um, This is not the first time the Magic have had these issues. will not be the last time. And what I'm concerned with now is, yes, the Magic's defense is very good, but the offense isn't good enough to give the defense a break. The offense isn't good enough so that the defense can have an average night. The Magic's defense has to be elite to win games like this. And and that is asking way too much. And of course, we know that clock is ticking. So once again, we have to talk about the ticking clock. We're going to get to that in our third segment. We'll go through the box score, though, coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is over. The playoffs are here. They're in the conference championship games, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays, honestly, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet a slam dunk, a touchdown, an interception. I don't know what sports analogy you want to use, but you'll make it. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day for your next listen. Be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's the first ever 24-7 sports streaming channel on the YouTube platform. You can check it out today. Get the latest from all the local experts who know their team best, as well as our national shows. Check it out today. Locked On Sports Today. You can find that on YouTube 24-7. Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to go real fast here. We're going to dive into the box score, just talk about some individual performances, uh, really get a grip uh, on this game. And, and, you know, before we do that, um, I always like to say this, and I hoped I wouldn't have to say it this year um, because the Magic have our better team. Like, again, we we expect more than this. Like, wins and losses, whatever. Losing to a Cleveland team, right? Losing to Cleveland isn't any reason to panic. Like, no shame losing to Cleveland. Like, you got to win some of these games, and they're important. Cleveland's got the inside track to the four seed. It looks like they're going to get home court advantage in the playoffs. Um, 
I'm I don't care, you know, I care that they win or lost, but it's not important, not necessarily important that they win or loss. But games like this, where you trail by as many as 36 points, where you never lead the entire way, you're down seven nothing off the bat, you have two turnovers in your first three possessions. Games like this say more about the losing team than they do the winning team. And look, Cleveland is playing very, very well right now. They're now on an eight-game win streak. Like I said, they've pretty, I wouldn't say locked up the, the four seed, but they're the inside track to the four seed. They're the team everyone thought they would be at the beginning of the season. Just like the Magic are kind of the team everyone thought they'd be at the beginning of the season. Um, We'll talk more about some of the consequences of this game coming up in a minute, but these kind of games say a lot more about about the losing team than the winning team. That That's the main point I want to make. And again, I, I really hoped I wouldn't have to go to that truism this year because I didn't think the Magic would have losses like this. But this was a frustrating game. Um, the Magic, just they just didn't have the juice, and which is just so disappointing after such an energetic and big win Monday, uh, Sunday night against the Heat. Um, you know, yes. Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz are out. And, and I will say this, as you know, as much as we want to criticize Markel Fultz, as much as I think most of us feel that the Magic are getting set to move on from Markel Fultz, um, he is still the only point guard on this team. Like, no offense to Cole Anthony, no offense to Anthony Black, no offense to any other players. Markel Fultz is a point guard. He, he calms the team down, he slows them down, he gets them in the right spots. He, you know, he directs traffic. Uh, and and that is something this team missed. As as all the chaos was happening early in the game, as the team was making all these mistakes, and look, Markel still makes plenty of mistakes. Like uh, I'm not going to sit here and say he's the perfect answer, but he's the perfect answer for this team today. Like again, the Magic aren't making a trade tomorrow. Um, they're going to wait till the deadline. Nothing's going to happen before February 8th. Um, sorry, like we're we're gonna it, nothing's going to happen until the deadline. Um, but Markel Fultz makes this team work and work more effectively and efficiently, I think, than uh, than the numbers would suggest for sure, but 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 more than any other player on the team. They need that. Um, and they missed it. Like they missed it again. Like it was just just chaos. And like I said, the Magic didn't get their normal diet of shots in the paint. They were 17 of 29. It wasn't like they were missing them, but they only had four points in the paint in the second quarter. And a lot of that is because of Jared Allen. Um, just like with Rudy Gobert. Jared Allen's shot blocking early in the game set the tone. And from the very, very start, Cleveland said, we're going to own the paint even if we're not scoring. Um, and Orlando, you could see, started settling for jumpers, started kind of pulling up short, you know, tried to isolate Paolo on one side, allowing Cleveland to load up on him. And the offense just lost all flow. Um, you know, again, I think that's part of the frustration that Babe Caro said. Um Look, guys got their numbers. Paolo Bancaro, 18 points, 6 for 14 shooting, 1 for 4 from deep, 5 for 9 from the line, 3 rebounds, 6 assists. Like, he wasn't terrible. Like, you know, he was he was bad. I don't say he was good, but, you know, he got his numbers and it was just all just a little bit out of whack. Um, Franz Wagner, 17 points, 6 for 11 shooting, 3 for 3 from the foul line, 2 assists, did have 3 turnovers, a little sloppier in this game than he was on Sunday. Um, you know, he did Franz things, especially in the third quarter, got a lot more comfortable, got downhill a little bit, got to the basket, made some threes, he was two for five from three. Like Franz did good things, but it wasn't enough. Um, you know, again, a lot of it not going downhill. Wendell Carter, 10 points, four for nine shooting, just a, a nine rebounds, had two offensive rebounds on the same possession, but Jared Allen blocked both of those shots. Again, 
just a huge presence in the paint. And from there, no one else really could do anything. You know, Orlando did shoot 11 for 29 from three. It wasn't like they were terrible from three. That's that's their usual diet. 44, 45.9% from the floor. That's that's not, not usually a formula for scoring less than 100 points. Like the Magic did, did 20 for 30 from the foul line. They did a lot of things they have to, you know, that they typically try to do to win games. Um, their defense just wasn't there. Cleveland shoots 56.2% from the floor, 20 for 38 from three, 16 for 22 from the line. Sam Merrill comes off the bench, scored 26 points, eight for 13 from three. Um, Donovan Mitchell is 25. He struggles to shoot, but he scores a lot of points, you know, but they just hit so many threes. It was just burying the magic. And again, if this game was about the magic losing because Cleveland made threes, you can live with that. That's not why the magic lost though. I mean, again, like, Cleveland shoots a reasonable amount from three. They don't shoot, if they don't shoot 52.6% from three, if they're at 40, it's still a 15 point win. So I'll, I'll, I will grant this. And again, the Magic's defense wasn't good. These were a lot of open threes. Um, some of them, the kind of shots the Magic are willing to give up. And, and so, so long as they can contest it, which they were late to on a few occasions, they were over rotating. They were over helping. They were over closing out. Um, just, Everything was just off. As good as the Magic were defensively on Sunday against Miami, they were just that much worse on um, uh, on Monday against Cleveland. Um, but again, like if Cle- you know, Cleveland may have had a hot day, that happens. Um, if they shoot a normal percentage, they probably still win by fifteen, and maybe we're not as panicked. But the Magic just did not put themselves in a position to compete um, again because they settled for jumpers, they settled for mid range jumpers, they. Uh, turn the ball over a ton. You know, they, they didn't move the ball super effectively. You know, um, they end up with 25 assists. They actually did move the ball super effectively. Um, but they didn't put themselves in, in those positions that they need to put themselves to win games. Um, and that, that, that's just frustrating, like plain and simple. Like I, I don't have another way to say it. The magic just lacked juice. They were, you know, Cleveland was beating them to every loose ball. Um, the, the defense was not in sync again, which is a shocking after the way they played Sunday when they held Miami under, under 90 points, just a really strong, you know, third best defensive effort of the season. Magic probably had, I haven't checked the numbers yet, but magic probably had their worst defensive game of the season on Monday. Um, this team just can and should be a lot better. And, and that's the disappointing part of this game. And that gets us to the pressure point. Um, Magic will have three days off, very, very needed, um, but we are in the final countdown. And so we have to think about what a blowout like this, a high-profile blowout like this means for the team and what they're thinking about ahead of the deadline. I'll reiterate some of my points about the deadline as well as discuss how things are going to change on a daily basis. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Look, daily fantasy games can be really confusing. There's all these weird uh, salary caps. There's the, the player pools. The point system's confusing. And you're playing with the Sharks. You know, playing a daily fantasy game sometimes feels like you're just chumming the waters and letting the Sharks bleed you dry. You, you see that account, that, that, that number with how much money is in your account dwindle very, very quickly. Well, that's not the case with prize picks because you're not swimming with sharks. You're doing a little free swim. You're doing a little jazzercise in, in the pool. I don't know. I don't know how far this analogy can go, but with prize picks, all you have to do is pick two to six players 
and project whether they have more or less than their staff projection. And if you're able to get on a four, I do a lot of four picks, a four player pools. If you get three, right, you get your money back. It's really that simple and that much fun. And that's a lot more than you can say for a lot of the other fantasy basketball, fantasy, uh, daily fantasy games with prize picks. You can get so many great offers, including the special leagues that combine basketball and football. You can get like Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo, Travis Kelsey and LeBron James at a 10 and a half combo of three pointers made and receptions. You can also check out some of the celebrity picks and see who your favorite celebrities are picking with prize picks too. Prize picks is just so much fun. Uh, it's the daily fantasy game of choice for me. And I think it could be the daily fantasy choice for you as well. So go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're all thinking it. We all know it. Um, we are seven games away from the NBA trade deadline. Seven games. Um, and the Magic are in a are in a very slippery spot. Um, you know, they are, you know, this uh this game, I would honestly say, is the magic coming out of the really difficult part of their schedule. Um, you know, when the schedule came out. We understood December and January were going to be very, very tough. And that has proven to be true. Um, since the Magic's nine-game win streak ended, um, they were 20, they were 14 and five. They've gone nine and 15, which you know is not good, obviously. Nine and 15, so that's 24 games, is a 375 win percentage. That's a 31 win pace. Um, so the Magic over the last quarter of the season have gone at a 31 win pace, you know, that's obviously not good. Um, and, and obviously they have subsequently dropped down the standings um, from fourth to eighth. They, you know, thanks to Chicago's loss to Phoenix, uh, last second loss to Phoenix, check out our friends from Locked On Suns as well as Locked On Bulls. The Magic are two and a, remain two and a half games up on the Bulls for the finals, for the, for the eighth place. They remain a game and a half back of Indiana and Miami, who did not play tonight. Uh, for sixth and seventh. So, you know, Cleveland is now uh, four and a half games ahead of them for fourth. That's probably gone. They're three and a half, they're three and a half games back of New York for fifth. That's not out of the realm of possibility, but also looking pretty, pretty slim. Um, so the Magic are in this race for good. And yes, Chicago is breathing down their neck a little bit. Um, as John Schumann of NBA.com pointed out in his weekly power rankings, though. The Magic have played the third toughest schedule in the league by opponent win percentage. As Tankathon will tell you, the Magic have the easiest schedule remaining this season. So on one hand, 
it's not time to panic. Um, the Magic have not played well, and injuries have probably made them play worse than they would have. We saw Sunday how refreshed and energized this team looked to finally be healthy, how everyone just kind of looked like they were in the right spots, and and everything seemed, and then the whole puzzle seemed to fit. Um, they get three days off now. They're going to be off Tuesday. They practice Wednesday, practice Thursday. Then they're off to Memphis. You know, Memphis won tonight against Toronto, so I'm not going to put anything past them. But that's a 16 and 27 team. That is a team that's that's that is really struggling. That should be a win for the Orlando Magic, and and it has to be after that much time off and knowing how badly they need wins. That needs to be a win. In fact, in the seven games leading up to the trade deadline, I would say the Magic have to go four and three. Um, and, and and you know without you know the schedule for the Magic until the trade deadline. They're at Memphis on Friday. They're home versus Phoenix on Sunday. And, and yes, Phoenix is playing very, very well. They're now 25 and 18. They're on a six-game win streak. Not an easy game, even though Phoenix, even though Phoenix will be on the road. And, and even though Magic played Phoenix very tough in, the, in their first meeting uh in, in the Valley of the Sun. Um they play Phoenix on Sunday. Then they start a five-game road trip. That's at Dallas one week from today, at, next Monday. Then they're at San Antonio next Wednesday. Obviously, San Antonio is not a very good team, even though Victor Wembanyama is playing very, very well as a rookie. Then they're at Minnesota next uh, one week from Friday. Uh, then they go to Detroit for a game on Sunday. Uh, uh, and that's uh, Pro Bowl Sunday. Uh, and then they play the Miami Heat on February 6th, the last meeting of the season for the Heat, uh, for the with the Heat. And then it's the trade deadline. So seven games until the trade deadline. They're going to see Memphis, who's not you know very good. They're going to see uh, Detroit, who's not very good. They're going to see San Antonio, who's not very good. That's th- that you know at least on the schedule, that's three wins right there. If the Magic could find a way to scratch out one more, you know, a Miami, Minnesota, Minnesota is obviously very very good, even though they lost tonight to Charlotte, uh, Minnesota, Phoenix. If they could scratch or Dallas, if they could scratch one more win out and get to four and three, maybe that will settle things down because. They get a four-game homestand leading into the All-Star break. Then they go on the road for three coming out of the All-Star break. But that eight-game homestand is coming up. And, and, you know, I looked at that homestand. There are four, there are easily four wins on that homestand. If they could steal one from the middle, the middle kind of the 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 the, the two games at the start, the two games at the end of that homestand should be wins for this team. If they could steal a win from those middle four games, I believe it's uh the Warlands. The Clippers, the Warriors, and the Kings, not in that order. Um, if they could steal a win out of those four, and look, the Warriors are struggling right now too, that could be a very successful home stand. That could be enough to steady the ship and, and allow them to propel forward. And, and that's that's where we're at. Um, you know, we are looking at the schedule. We're Steve Kornacking this. I've got my sleeves rolled up. Um, the path for this team forward is there. But right now, this team is hurting. Um, I could tell I could tell you that path is there. I could tell you all of that. Right now, this team has to do it. And that's the biggest challenge. Is this team has to do it. They have to walk that walk. They have to put themselves in that position and in that spot to take advantage of this schedule. And that's the ultimate question. Look. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the Magic don't need to do something. 
Um, we're going to start the trade deadline tour on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Uh, I'm really excited about this idea that I've had. Um, we're going to learn about some of the targets the Magic might have at the trade deadline. Um, I think it's going to be very, very illuminating not only to talk about targets, but also to think a little bit more critically about what the Magic have to offer at the deadline. So I'm very, very excited about this project. We're going to be doing it over the next couple of weeks. Um, first stop on the trade deadline tour is tomorrow. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Magic don't need something. They need to do something. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, before the start of next season, they need to do something because one thing I am ready to conclude, the one, the one thing that I am ready to say unequivocally is this group as constructed is going as far as they're going to go this year. If the Magic were to roll back this group next year, injuries and all, flaws and all, even with Paolo getting better, even with Franz getting better, I struggle to see how the Magic do better than they will do this year with this same group. I am ready to conclude that. I am ready to say that. And whether that means the Magic need to make a move immediately or whether it's something that can wait till the summer is ultimately the big question for Jeff Weldon. Uh, you know, having listened to Paolo Bancaro there, consistency is really important. And I think one of the biggest issues this team has faced and one of the reasons why they have slid so far down the standings is because injuries have robbed them of that consistency. They don't know who's playing every night. They haven't, been, you know, like I, I did a lineup study on, on my Patreon page. There's only three lineups that the Magic have used that have played more than 100 minutes together at this point in the season. Like all their best lineups have played like 18 minutes across like five games or eight games, like barely enough to draw any conclusions. And that's part of the problem too. Like, look, the Magic can't rely on injured players anymore. Um, you know, again, they, they can't rely on players who aren't going to be available for them. Um, they need consistency for this young team to be successful. And, and you know, I think, honestly, I I think Paolo is starting to tire out. And, and, and they're trying to ease him off a little bit because they have Wendell Carter back, because they have Franz, Franz Wagner back. They still need him to score 20 points a night, obviously. But this is a tired group. This is a group that has had to carry a very heavy burden and has had to figure things out on the fly when they don't know how to do that. Um, the Magic sold their continuity as a big boost for a young team. And guess what? That continuity helped them get off to the strong start, get off to the 14 and five start. It helped them build the kind of defense they have. And my suspicion still is that Jeff Waltman is still going to move slowly. That the Magic's goal is to you know fix a need at a time. They're not going to go out and make wholesale changes and bring back a completely new team. Frankly, we saw that during the Tracy McGrady era, and it didn't work. Continuity matters. But that doesn't mean you don't make changes. And frankly, as I said before, losses like the one that the Magic had Monday night say more about their team than they do about the Cavs. It tells me that this team still needs something more. That this team still needs it needs consistent it needs consistent offense more than anything else. It needs to give this team the space to create an attack that they're missing right now. 
And, you know, some of it is, yeah, make some shots early so that the defenses respect you. Because even though the Magic have some good shooters, defenses don't respect them right now. Um, they need a guy, they need a veteran with a reputation. Um, and so, honestly, I don't want to sit here and have to overreact to every game the rest of the way. Um, that's not my style. That's not who I am. That's not how I look at this team. Um, I am very much a don't get too high, don't get too low kind of guy if I can. Uh, maybe I get a little too excited over nice wins. But um, I'm not going to sit here and say that this loss proves the Magic need to make a deadline deal. I, I don't believe that. Um, I still think continuity matters and, and listening to Paolo say it, consistency matters. Getting guys back in the lineup means something. And having to completely reshape this roster or integrate a new player and get him up to speed, you know, even if it's a veteran, I don't know if that's a challenge this team can successfully integrate through and can successfully put themselves in a position to still accomplish what they want to accomplish. Look, postseason-wise, I'm not worried about the Magic missing the postseason. They're five games up on the Brooklyn Nets. If the Magic miss that, there's pro- there's a big problem. Honestly, if the Magic aren't at least hosting the 9-10 game, there's a problem. And frankly, I'm still not worried about the Chicago Bulls. I know the Bulls are playing really, really well right now. Um, I'm not worried about them. I don't think they're catching the Magic. I think the Magic are going to take advantage of the end of that schedule. I think they'll end up in the 7-8 game. Wouldn't surprise me if they're hosting it. Wouldn't surprise me if they have to go to Indiana for it, but they're going to be in that. They're going to be playing postseason basketball. I, I'm not worried about that. They're going to get right. Um, but losses like this do make you think. And with the deadline coming up, every game from now until the deadline, those seven remaining games, we're going to sit back and think about what it means. All the way through. And then we said after Sunday, you know, I saw plenty of people say after Sunday's game, the Magic are back. We're fine. We don't need to do anything. We're going to be good. After tonight's game, after Monday's game, I see a lot of people saying, this is why we need to trade XYZ. This is why we can't rely on XYZ. And, and some of those, you know, all those thoughts are valid. I'm not here to dismiss those thoughts, but we got to take everything in stride and take the whole picture. Unfortunately, In seven games, decisions have to be made. In seven games, we have to make some final calls, some final choices, some final decisions. And seven games is going to go fast. And so the Magic absolutely cannot have another game like this. If they have another game like this, the heads are going to roll. Because... The Magic need to make the play-in tournament this year. They need to play postseason basketball this year. That 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 is not that they need to save this season, not that they need to make sure they're the six or make sure they're in the seven, eight. They can't fall completely out. They've got to be good enough. And they got to take steps to be good enough to do a whole lot more. And that's always been my point about everything. These games make you think. And obviously now, like like I said yesterday, the clock is very much ticking. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in to Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the homies and podcasts to your podcast enabling device for latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can go find us there on Twitter at OmagicDaily. Of course, you can find this tri- this uh, podcast on YouTube as well, youtube.com slash at LockedOnMagic. Also, be sure to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub. You can find us there at patreon.com slash Hub. Like I said, said tomorrow we will begin our trade deadline tour. We'll, I also may be doing, uh, I'll probably do this tomorrow. We'll name our first half MVP. I'm sure you can guess who it is. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the first half of the season. Um, but we'll begin our trade deadline tour tomorrow as well. Um, uh, uh, we'll talk about what we'll talk about one of my favorite trade deadline targets and begin thinking about a framework of a deal. So we'll get to that on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic. Be sure to stay tuned for that. Guest coming in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.